Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show. Um, got a lot of response from last week's podcast. Um, a lot of positive response, actually, because um, obviously we were discussing um, diversity and their dance on, on Britain's Got Talent. And, you know, on social media, people tend to kick off about things like that and, and get very angry. And um, I just think, you know, I, I posted something about it on my Instagram and then people started arguing under my picture on Instagram. Um, so I thought, look, the best way to do this is not to argue on Twitter. Let's just sit down and have a, have a chat about it on the podcast. And then you can all sort of take that away, digest it, have a think about it. And, and a few of you have written in. So um, thanks for all the all the your thoughts and, and feedback on that. I think most people generally sort of, had similar thoughts to me and Chris talking last week that, um, you know, we, we were all very uh, sort of proud of diversity and what they did and and think that doing it on, on a platform like Britain's Got Talent is exactly the place for it. And um, um, we, we, we did say, look, if anyone can sort of coherently articulate any reason why they shouldn't be doing it, um, then, you know, we'll keep an open, as open mind as possible. But so far, nobody has. Um, mostly people, anyone that can sort of articulate it without being sort of nasty or rude, um, are very much on the same side of uh, more power to diversity. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening to that episode. And um, so me and Joe, our tour at the time of recording is is still all fine. I know there's lots of announcements happening on a daily basis about different restrictions, but um, go to kevinandjoanne.com for an evening with Kevin and Joanne Clifton. That is all still happening. Looking forward to seeing you there. But for today's guest, this has been a long time coming and I know a lot of people are very excited about it. We talked about it. I feel like it was, I don't know, months ago, maybe like a year ago. I don't know. A long time ago, we were like, I was saying, come on my podcast. And, and, and she was saying, yeah, we'll definitely do that. And then, you know, things happened. 2020 happened, <laughs> which messed up everybody's plans. And uh, we've been sort of missing each other here, here and there. But we finally managed the coup of all coups to get the amazing... Motsi Mabuse on my podcast. <laughs> how you doing, Motsi? Hey, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, nice. We finally made it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? So it's almost a year ago. You're right. Uh, okay. I remember on Twitter because I asked, I wasn't into podcasts. So I asked everyone on Twitter, I was like, guys, what's up with podcasts? And you wrote me and it was really a year ago. And now I'm addicted to podcasts. Can you believe I know, me too. I'm, I'm such a junkie for podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I listen to so many, I can't even keep up with them anymore. And then started my own. This actually, nice. I, I might have got this wrong, but I think this is actually our, our 50th episode. So this, wow. is, this is a big episode. So Amazing. I'm thrilled to have you on as a guest. Um, nice. <laughs> now, I know it's a boring question. You'll be, you get asked by everyone whenever you meet anyone anywhere at the moment, but it's sort of, you can't really start any conversation right now without asking, how has 2020 been for you? How has lockdown been? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you what happened. So um, after uh, the Strictly final, which was uh, for me really uh, uh, like, the times was just like crazy because I was on Strictly, I was on tour here in Germany with Let's Dance, and I was just like oh, a year a mom, you know, so it was a lot. So we went to Asia for Christmas and I was in Asia 
we heard a little bit about coronavirus, but it wasn't such a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Then I was traveling the whole of Jan and in the middle of February, I went to the National TV Awards. From then on, I went to Cape Town to film uh, a movie. And from then on, I went to New York uh, to go meet Oprah Winfrey. And hang on, hang on. whoa, whoa, whoa. You were filming a movie and meeting Oprah Winfrey? Yes. <laughs> What is your life? <laughs> no, uh, the movie is uh, will be in Germany uh, in Christmas time, and it's one of those TV movies. And you know, um, they always have special guests, and they were filming in South Africa. And uh, you have to listen to my words right now because I always say, be careful what you say, and and if you have wishes, you need to so strongly visualize them. You need to be exact in your visualization because everything that I wanted to happen in Cape Town, I was dreaming for a while. I wanted to have that specific role in South Africa, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so I, I filmed this thing. It was a last-minute thing, and they asked me, and it worked out, and I flew to Cape Town. And then I am an ambassador of Weight Watchers in Germany. And okay. um, Oprah had a vision tour 2020. And they called me like in the middle of a day and they said, you want to meet Oprah? And I'm like, guys, what do you mean? This is like my teenage youth <laughs> hero. What are, what are you saying? And I remember uh, they were like, yeah, we didn't want to tell you early enough because uh, every interview you read in Germany, I've said Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. So they kind of knew what it meant to me. So when they told me they wanted to be 100% sure that it happened. And I spoke to her, I gave her a hug, I did everything, went to New York, still a little bit worried about Corona, but not that worried um, because... It wasn't just so serious until I went on Twitter and saw some videos of like, we all saw the videos in China and like, what the hell is happening here? And from that time to like three weeks later, it was lockdown. And for me, I have to say lockdown was one of the scariest, but also one of the best things in my life. Uh, the scariest, we started a dance school. It's only two and a half years old. So shutting it down, I, I was like, okay, I have to close our school. It's new. You know, we have all of that stress with getting people in and all, and, and just trying to find our way. And obviously I was like, okay, I've invested almost everything in the school and now to shut it down, it was sleepless nights. But at the same time, I was lucky, uh, like Let's Dance, Strictly Come Dancing was on. So I kind of got a bit of, um, yeah, something to take my mind off things. And I spend a lot of time with my husband and my child without really having to travel so much. So it was kind of, um, yeah, how do you say? In Germany, you'd say abwechselreicht. So it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of things happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were you up to? What was I up to? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I, I was in the middle of rehearsals for Burn the Floor. Yes. Just about to go out on, on tour. And we were sort of like a week or two away. And then it was like, done. Um, and we've been sort of delaying it and delaying it. Now we're going to open, obviously, in, in 2021. But sort of um, an, another thing that happened is that I, I was supposed to be opening this month in Strictly Ballroom, the musical. Yeah, I saw that. Which was sort of 
I suppose the biggest reason for me leaving Strictly Come Dancing because I got wait this a minute, part. wait, just wait. Your people are listening. So since that is probably moved, and and where are the reasons <laughs> of not returning? <laughs> you know, people said I should ask you. I mean, now you're available. <laughs> I love you on Strictly. Honestly, I oh. love you. So much I have to tell you because you are so committed. I, I like committed, committed in the moment. That's what I mean. You know, uh, like when I say committed, it's not like to the show, but committed, committed in what you're doing. And I've been watching your choreo for a long time, and I'm just like, this is brilliant. You know, I mean, wow. how do you come up with all that? You have to be so creative. So anyway, so why are you back? why are you not back? Well. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. There, there were a couple of conversations that and there, there was like, you know, is it worth talking about it? Um, but then, you know, my fir- at first, I was like, I've just made this big announcement. I don't look like an idiot. Um, no, <laughs> oh, come at the on, same time, people uh, will love you. They would go berserk. Uh, they, it would be a sensation. <laughs> Honestly, it's not a lie. <laughs> You're very kind, but no, at, at the same time, um, we were pushing burn the floor further and further back, and my and I was doing it with my sister. Yeah, and my sister is sort of committed to a musical next year, and then she turned down a musical sort of later this year, so that we could still maybe do it. So I had to. I felt like my sister's turning down all this stuff for us to do this. I can't just go. All right, see, you. I'm off back to Strictly again. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> um, shame. So I know that's happening. Um, but now Strictly Ballroom's been moved to September 2021. We're mm-hmm. going to open like a year down the line. So, um, so yeah, it's been a bit mental. Um, you know, the weirdest thing for me is when we had lockdown in um, Germany when they were telling us guys, stay put, don't move. There were still tours going on in UK. Like a lot of people were still on tour. Mm. So I'm just like, why are we shutting down when there's a party over there? Yeah, I think you guys had it right. (laughs) (laughs) You came a little slow on on getting involved. (laughs) Yeah. um, yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We'll be all right. It doesn't affect us. And then it yeah. kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's crazy for us all, um, for everyone. I think I, I call it an Corona awakening. And I keep on asking people, did you have a, a Corona awakening? Is something that happened to you within this times that you realized, oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Okay, I have to change something in my life sort mm. of thing, you know? Hmm. It for, it forces you to reflect, I guess, on, yeah. on yourself, on your life, on what you really want. Because I think I've, I've been I've been really big on this at the moment. Like a lot of people say, um, "Oh, I'll, I would love to do this if only I had time." You know, mm-hmm. I'll learn to play guitar. I'll learn Chinese. I'll I'll write a book. I'll you know, if only I had time. And then suddenly everyone had all this time, and you sort of reveal yourself to yourself of what you actually. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's a, that's kind of a, kind of like an awakening. But so for you with you, I want to go right back to the beginning. Yeah. For the very start of your career, or, yeah. or at the start of you as dancer, performer, entertainer. Um, when when did you start? Like what what age? And 
And what, what did you, was it always about dancing for you or was it like acting, singing, anything else? Or um, yeah, tell me how it all kicked off. Well, um, let me put it this way. Um, for me, it was always about performing. I, I saw Whitney Houston um, singing one day with a video. I remember as a child and she had her hair done and everything. And um, I was just like, wow, that's, that's what I want to do. And, but my parents didn't know, you know, our parents are not coming from the kind of artistic background. South Africa was a very harsh country at that time for mm. our parents. And as kids, we were just in situations probably that, that you wouldn't call normal. Um, so us wanting to express ourselves artistically, our parents didn't know what to do with it. So it ended up being dancing the way to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, ourselves. But we tried a lot of things. I mean, um, my sister, there's three of us. My middle sister, she um, was doing piano and singing and uh, but still dancing as well um so Oti's 10 years um younger so we don't talk so much about her because she's a different generation <laughs> but it was always about kind of trying to find a way to express yourself so we um ended up dancing because i saw a competition in durban and i said to my mom that could be something and we started off one weekend um just saturday sunday in a kindergarten, which I still actually uh, take care of right now. Um, and we got friends to teach us and friends got their friends. So it became just a, a kind of roller coaster uh, thing where we um, obviously didn't have a lot of ways of doing it so professionally, but there were videos and that's kind of the thing that motivated us. Okay. Was it, was I have it, to tell you a story. Go on. I have to tell you a story because um, we're almost the same age. I think I'm a year older than you or something like I'm, that. I'm you don't have to almost, say how old we are. I, would, I, would say, I, say. <laughs> I think um, it's around there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was dancing, when we started dancing, we did all these competitions in South Africa. And um, obviously we got all the videos coming in from um, overseas. And we always saw the big guys, you know, we always, always saw like Brian, uh, Yuka, all of the names, you know them. Yeah, so, yeah. And we had about BBC also as well. And we saw a video of you and your sister. <laughs> uh, they did a documentary of you and your sister in Blackpool explaining about Blackpool and then you guys going there and dancing and that became my fascination you cannot believe how often I looked at this video I, I just I remember you guys were walking on the beach Blackpool beach telling stories the shoes I remember absolutely everything about this video and I was like to my mom that's where I have to go that is what I need to that is where I need to be. And since then, I was like fascinated. I had to go there. I wanted to compete against you guys. And that was my like dream. I, well, <laughs> now I'm sitting here. Oh, but that, that it's a true story. It's a true story, not a lie. I am absolutely blown away by that. Was it, was it like when we were like kids? Yes, kids, kids, kids. You probably don't remember it, right? No, I do remember it. My mum and dad have like the video of it and they like to bring it out and show people. And 
uh, and, and we're just two really annoying little kids. <laughs> and you went to some lessons and all of that. I think your sister had a green dress. And I was just like, wow, this, this is happening. Because in my head, it was like, there's only South Africa. I never thought about outside South Africa. I didn't even think about that possibility. Yeah. So seeing that video just did something for me uh, that probably uh, ended up with me sitting in Germany right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end result. <laughs> um, was, was it always about like ballroom and Latin for you? Or did you do like other dance styles as well? Or? I did, I did a tap dancing, I did freestyle, we called it in South Africa, so now you would probably call it a commercial hip-hop kind of thing, mm -hmm. or still freestyle. So we, I did that, um, I did a bit, tiny bit of contemporary, but mainly Latin. I did ballroom until in the highest level in South Africa, championship level, but I just, it was not my thing. So I just stuck with the Latin. And was it, what was the competition scene like in South Africa? Was there like, was it busy? Was there loads of people doing it or was it like? You know, it was, uh, the competition, um, um, yeah, community in South Africa was so different. It is what it is. I have to, I can't tell you a, sh a beautiful story. I will tell you just the truth. Yeah. And saying that it's my truth, how yeah. I perceived it. Obviously everybody has their stories. Mm. Um, there were three There were three scenarios. So you, we had competitions where only black children used to dance. It was called ADA. So we did those competitions and they were never great. So we would be dancing, people would be drunk, people would be, it was a mess. You'd come to a competition and they'd be just putting it, everything on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you just can imagine, you know, it was poor South Africa, black kind of uh, way of somehow trying to create a beautiful life for themselves. So we had that. Then we lived in Pretoria with my parents, well, close to Pretoria. And that means we could um, go and dance some competitions where it was mixed competitions, where we were allowed to dance in South Africa. Um, and those competitions were obviously in better halls. The situation just completely different, opposite. When they said they started 12, they started 12. They had all, all of the instructions, the judges, it, it there's a history. I mean, there's a history of South African dancers, white South African dancers mm. um, in the dance world. So that was all already established. So we came in as one of the first uh, um, black families. And uh, yeah, we came in and we, we started from the bottom, started from the bottom, now we're here, and, <laughs> and pushed our way um, all the way to the top. It was tough it was a long 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 road where we learned a lot then though because South Africa was so mixed then you had uh, competitions in Cape Town meaning and in Cape Town you have a lot of in South Africa you would say colored in in Europe nobody makes a difference mm -hmm. so colored in South Africa meaning mixed race mm -hmm. between black people so they had their own community a huge community in South Africa and they had the all, all also that competition uh, scene so once in a while as time went on everything came together South Africa was obviously reunited 1990 I think if I don't forget everything and uh, or 94 sorry 
And so we all started just coming together and dancing competitions with each other. Black people, white people, mixed people, people from Durban. So things be became more kind of together. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would say. Yeah, and then we uh, like as time goes on, we we had a few sponsorships, and uh, a few people from overseas started coming in. Brian Watson, Hans Galka, um, Donnie came, um, Paul Kelly came. I had a lesson with Paul Kelly. I remember it so much. Mm -hmm. Vivica came, so things started opening up. And obviously, the highlight was when the worlds were in uh, Sun City. I think you've seen oh, it. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the, the the most beautiful moments for us. Anyway, and my partner broke his leg. You can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> broke his leg what dancing or a week before the competition we were supposed to give a show we had just come back from blackpool we were supposed to be the main couple we were honored and the guy goes and uh, and breaks his leg and mm. i just went to sun city to watch the competition and i was crying so much anyway no <laughs> was there was there a moment when you thought like like when when you just started to realize actually I'm pretty good at this like I'm like this is going to go well or this is something that I can go much further with in in terms of the world mm -hmm. Latin actually to be honest no mm, because um, let's put it this way in South Africa we had the predictable results always kind of the same results mm -hmm. and then we came to Blackpool with my partner for the very very first time in Blackpool and when we uh, did the British Open under 21 we came like just both of us first time that my mom let me go anywhere without her <laughs> and we uh, were placed seventh like one uh, like we missed one mark for the final without any lessons without no name you know so yeah. that's that's I was 17 where I was like okay mm, the only way I can get further from here is making this uh, something that I would do for the rest of my life but knowing, knowing my reality of I had to go back to South Africa, I didn't take it so seriously, especially my dad is quite a very academic kind of person, very strict. So I knew that they wanted me to do something um, in, yeah, in, you know, educational way. Don't be a lawyer or something. Or <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I left that alone. Um, and I came back. The second time with a new partner in Blackpool, we were in the 48. And after that, I had closed the door. I was like, okay, I'm not going to change my whole life to be in the 48. That's not going to work out. And I left that. But I met my then husband in Blackpool. So actually, I didn't really close the door. <laughs> um, but I never really thought about making it my professional Except the minute I came to um, Germany, I moved to Germany. I said to my boyfriend at the time, okay, let's give it one year. I could stop university for one year and just come overseas. And when I was here, I said, okay, go all the way or nothing. That's when I decided. But I didn't. I never felt like, oh, I'm good or anything. Even no. when I was German champion or something, I, I never felt that way. That's something I think you learn. Commit. I'm gonna commit. Just commit. Do it. Do it. Do it. That you know, we become so 
competition orientated because we we learn it's like we learn results that's what our uh, our head knows results so everything becomes about results you don't even take a second uh, to look and be like hey look you, you you actually your hobby is actually something that you really love and um yeah i realized that after dancing how much mentally it affects you like competing from uh early age of nine until uh, you know you missed your puberty you missed all well i would say you were so into the dancing that there's a lot of things that youth do or that you we don't do because you're in this kind of you know focus but um yeah i mean we learn a lot from the dancing school uh, competitions i always say it's the university of life uh then then you make a decision and then you stop <laughs> and you're like what that was my that was my life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting you say that because i i also felt like it's it's actually it's only when i left the competition world and and went off to do theater like to do burn the floor and stuff that i sort of felt like that was my university years when i left the competition world because i felt like I don't know how I can't remember how old I was like early 20s mid 20 mid 20s something like that when I when I stopped competing yeah I think mid 20s and but it's like I was mid 20s but mentally I was still a kid yeah obviously all yes you know is your coach and go there and dance like this eat this wear this like what you've been told to do by either your parents and then your coaches so like you don't I didn't it's like you don't have proper life experience geared no. towards those competitions You know when I stopped dancing with my husband uh, ex ex husband <laughs> um yeah. like when I stopped uh, um after you know we we I got the German champion title then I defended the title and then it was like you know how it goes pro or something so we decided to stop I said I can't do this anymore mm. and I think from then on i had a few years when i just went crazy like what people usually do when they're in their puberty you know when they're young and they date and they do that obviously i i couldn't date but everything else like everything else that you would do in your teenage years yeah. i did when i was 28 and about 2 3 years when i'm like girl you can't do this <laughs> get a grip yeah. no i get it i turned into a goth I went I went yeah. I went from being like the competition world is like I have to be this I have to be like this my hair is like that I have to make yeah. sure I present myself in this way and then I left and just went I'm going to be something completely different now and and I I started yeah. wearing like like a, I became a goth I started wearing like black eye makeup I remember you I remember I saw you I saw you with long hair and stuff Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was crazy <laughs> Yeah I mean yeah it, it it does something to you you know what i did is um i have a school now and we have competition dances and uh, we're doing that and i um i said i want to do it differently so in my school our kind of competition um academic side um we have um therapists working with us wow so uh, we, obviously we have um I somebody coming as a sport uh, scientist somebody um, that studied it in the university that's helping the kids to understand their bodies but i also have a therapist because i'm like 
everything you go through as a dancer mentally, you know, and you how to find your own self-worth in this kind of competition, knowing this is the result. I'm, I don't know, 22nd place in UK, but this is not me. This is a result. And especially while you're in your, your growing stages, I think there must be support. I feel that way. I feel it's a little bit harsh. And I feel, uh, obviously we chose Latin dancing, but I feel that way about any kind of sports. Mm -hmm. um, because I remember the last year of my career um, with um, my amateur years, I had I went to a sports psychologist because I had so much pressure on myself yeah. about this bloody German championship, um, like weeks before not sleeping, not being able, to, just own pressure. And I didn't have anybody to kind of relieve me from that because my partner is my life partner. He's my dance partner. He's everywhere with me. So... And you don't make that types of friendships where you're like, hey, I can't deal with this stuff. It's so much pressure. So we we got a very famous sport a psychologist that helped us and helped us go through everything. And I found that very interesting because we, get, we went through all the scenarios. What do you feel if you would lose and blah, 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 blah. So we did win, obviously, that competition. Yeah. But I, I was like, this is essential for people that are competing because there's a lot of... Um, mental uh, attachment to everything we do when when you're a competitor yeah that's that's so interesting and it's I think it's so important yeah. like, I don't know if I've been out of the competition world for quite a while so I don't know if that happens much in the UK or, or you know if they employ those kind of people my guess is probably not um, but yeah I, th I think that's almost as important as having your your dance coach nowadays actually I think it's uh, like, obviously, our kids, I've learned so much from them, you know, because people always think kids speak and don't really know what they're saying, but mm. kids are so specific. And us working with a therapist has also helped us to teach better. It, had, um, it helps the couples to communicate better. Our uh, couples... Mm. They speak very well to each other. They obviously people have fights and differentiate. And yeah. like if they split, you're speaking to like 12, 13 year olds that have such um, clear words when they're speaking. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I think that's very important. And, and obviously, like I said, the kids are under a lot of pressure when they compete. So I, I, I do want somebody to be by their side and, um, when you work with kids like we do and i love working with kids uh, i think it's you have a soul and in somehow they spend so much time with their parents and spend so much time with us that we are involved in in bringing them up and we have a very uh for me a very important role to play as to also make them better human beings besides even better dancers because mm. they are lessons that, that they are going to learn like you know forever so I as we speak a lot with my husband and obviously things become like when students tell us uh, their personal problems why they are not doing their rumba properly so you can see you're like what's going on and we're at a space where like oh yeah this and this is stressing me out and stuff so that's what I want 
our students to feel like because what I also learned is that to make it to the top is not just your talent. You have to be there. You have to be your head. You have to be there. You have to be committed and you have to be healthy also inside, not just like, because I mean, Kevin, honestly, look at our dance world. How many people have problems after they have stopped? They have addictions, they have depressions, they have, and it's all because of what happens within our dance world. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people. We don't talk about these subjects mm. in our dance world. Mm. Yes, ex-champions. We know all the stories, yeah. but nobody really talks about it. And I, I don't want my students to go through that. I want them to be better. You're so right. I, it's making me wish that I could go back to being a kid again and then start training in your school with all that <laughs> <laughs> Because, because like, yeah. this wasn't around when we were when when we were young like that kind of support yeah. and that kind of viewpoint on it all. Everything was just chasing the result all the time. Do whatever you've got to do to chase that result. It's not healthy. Yes, and no, it's not healthy. And um, obviously, you know, when you've got professional soccer players and if you look how they, I'm, I had um, interview a podcast, by the way, mm-hmm. with uh, the South, uh, with the German uh, football federation like the soccer for like the the yeah. big one i had a podcast yeah. with them and they are so well structured in the way that they produce their uh, the, uh, the the dancers <laughs> the guys you know and you can see germany is quite uh, successful i mean they have their up and downs but you can see bayern München. you can see all that success it's so well structured mm-hmm. and speaking to them and i see our dance world we're still so way back you know like our school we've uh, we've had we've just really my husband and I looked at it and we're like how can we do it better I'm not saying that our kids are going to be champions because the other things are um are count but I want happy dancers I want good happy healthy dancers that will dance for a long time and see it as a beautiful time then look back and and just feel like, oh, like a lot of dancers you meet, my child shouldn't dance. That's a horrible world, all that stuff. So I don't want them to look back at it that way, you know? And if we get one or two other champions, that's great. But I want want really healthy, happy dancers. You you are so like speaking to my heart right now. Like I'm (laughs) loving everything you're saying. And and one of the questions I was going to ask you was like, what makes, what makes a great dancer but maybe that's that's kind of answered it because like just someone who's happy doing it and, and loves the whole experience is is maybe what we should be aiming for rather than some kind of like you know aesthetic of what of what a great dancer looks like or whatever maybe that's the answer yeah well you know at the end of the day it's a competition obviously i i and myself was very competitive uh, we were all very competitive um and somebody will win the competition but um it would be great to have somebody winning that competition that also gives a deeper sense of what competition dancing is mm-hmm. like a real role model in that kind of way mm-hmm. i thought michael and joanne did a good job to be honest i always felt like yeah. they kind of showed Mm, another way of approaching the things yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. well (laughs) I mean you were 
a badass dancer. Like you were such a great dancer from competition days. Like <laughs> I remember like, some, some competitions and we were all like, you know, when you, when everyone's out after the competition, you know, at the party or whatever, and, and, you know, drink in hand, talking about the, the, the whole competition, you know, you're pissed off about your result or whatever. And then, <laughs> but like all, all the talk was, God, this girl, like it's only a matter of time before. <laughs> start like, uh, yeah. like you were so badass, but like, I was thinking about that. I remember because we've known each other for years and I'm just on the competition circuit. It's like one weekend would be in Germany. The next weekend would be in like the Netherlands and the next weekend we're in Denmark or, you know, whatever. Uh, um, and I, I always remember, for some reason, I don't know if you'd even remember this, but there, there was one competition and um, it's like I was going through a bit of a phase of like, I don't know, trying to be a bit <laughs> cooler and trying to be sexy, and, <laughs> which has never really worked for me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and um, I remember like we're all in someone's <laughs> hotel room. I can't remember. Maybe Neil Jones was even there. I can't remember. But like we're all in someone's Yeah, that's room. possible. Yeah, we're all in like someone's hotel room chatting away and having a drink. And I was just sort of sat in a corner, just sort of pouting and posing. Like I'd got this new top that was a bit really cut and I had longer hair. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm a sexy guy now. And I remember I was just like sat in the corner thinking, yeah, everyone thinks I'm really cool. And, and, uh, and you started going, oh, look at Kevin. He's so sexy. He's so sexy. And, and I kept thinking, must he shush? I'm trying to be cool in the corner and you're totally exposing me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Shame. You know what, actually where I think that was, I think um, we, we had a competition, an invitation competition. I think we were in Holland. That's why also right. Neil was there. In, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Den Haag or something like that. I think yeah. I remember it. <laughs> madness, madness. But for anyone, yeah. listening, um, you should. I don't know what's on YouTube and what isn't nowadays. But if you can, if if there's stuff of Motsi dancing in their competition days on YouTube, you should definitely check that out because she was one hell of a dancer. Um, oh man. You know what, yeah. I have to say, like, even now when you say that, I'm feeling like, oh, inside. Yeah. But it was so, I was watching my competitions, like we all do now. I was watching my competitions, and obviously you criticize yourself so much. So I, yeah. I, I criticize myself a lot, a lot. Mm. But I think also it's a kind of motivation to get you where you want to go. Mm. But... Um, I was saying, I was showing this video to someone like three weeks ago and I said, I wish so much, I wish so much I knew who I was in the competition world at that time. Meaning, um, and like, you know, you try to blend in. And yeah. I obviously I was the only black girl. I couldn't blend in, but you, I even somehow tried to blend in and yeah. to be one of everyone yeah. instead of seeing me and saying, but you are not, you have another background. You have another uh, way of approaching dancing. How about bringing that out? And I'm sure my teachers did try. I'm sure they tried, but um, those are things that I wish uh, if I could turn back time, mm -hmm. I wish I could just uh, say to that girl, 
listen, stop it. <laughs> stop that crap and just uh, and just um, celebrate who you are, that you have a different story to tell. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously it probably makes me who I am now. Um, yeah, but if I could go back, I would be more uh, more confident in myself. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think That's so. such good advice for any dancers listening. Like, like, just don't try and blend in. Just the best thing you can do is to just be you. I have this one couple that I teach um, that are actually in Germany. For me, could be one of the top couples. Could if they work hard. But I'm just so obsessed with them being awake, uh, being now they like in the competition world being aware i'm like please don't swim with the dead fish mm. and I'm, i feel like i'm actually almost not teaching them a lot of dancing but trying to wake them up and waking up means you know we became so oblivious with things like waking up even being in practice being committed committed to the moment that's what i think that makes you special when i watch you dancing because you are in that moment and not many dancers can reach that mm -hmm. and then if you're not in that moment you become somebody else you're not yourself mm -hmm. you are not yourself yeah. because you're you're somewhere else and i'm just obsessed in us being like okay i'm here i'm talking to you i'm having a conversation with you and not somewhere else that, that there's power with that because you you can change a situation you can you're here so yeah, yeah. present present totally present okay. yeah 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 so um i'm conscious i don't want to take up your entire evening but i could listen to you all night no um, i don't want to take <laughs> let's switch to um uh so that's taken over all our lives um so in in germany were you a dancer on the show first or did you go straight into being a judge i was a dancer twice in the show yeah so um i know how that feels like yeah and so like then how did it feel like becoming judge on the show like what's the difference between being out there and having that pressure on you like choreographing and performing to then being a is it easier to be a judge or like did we know were you nervous going into it well i'm always nervous about my language in both cases in germany because i i've been doing it this for uh, 11 years in germany and i was uh, obviously my german was not the greatest Uh, I, I can communicate enough so people understand. But because I've been speaking Germany for 20 years, I was nervous in the UK about my English uh, because yeah. I've lost a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of words, vocabulary, mm. Mm. and the way I pronounce things have become very German. So um, that's what I do get nervous about. But that's it. Um, I, it's easy, obviously, to be the judge uh, because... You know, you, you're not so often judged. Obviously, people think sometimes you're evil or like this or whatever, but uh, it's more about the dancers. I mean, I think to be a dancer on the show, it, it doesn't matter in which country, it's really, really difficult because you're not just the dancer. You become somebody's everything for three months. Um, mm. and, and yeah, it takes a lot of strength, you know? So for me, it's a bit easier, to be honest, to be a judge. Mm, but if I see good choreography, if I see like special moments, if I hear 
certain type of music. I'm like, wow, I want to move. I want to be in there. Um, and we get to do, I get to do that in Germany because in Germany we have the judges competition where we get um, three couples or two couples and we can choreograph, we can decide which dresses, we decide the music and then we compete as judges against each other. Mm. I loved it. We've done it twice now. I've won twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I love that. I love that creative part. So already I'm thinking about next year, what type of music, what am I going to do? Because obviously creativity is still a part, a big part of me. Yeah. If we, if we could have done that on Strictly Come Dancing, then maybe you would have, you could have been like the coach of me and Annika and we could have gone much further. <laughs> oh, there's, Yes, <laughs> that beautiful Queen Annika. I, yeah, it would, it would have been. But I, obviously, if I look at all the other years that you were there, imagine uh, being able to create something together with, with dancers, you know, because this year I approached it this way. Last year, I had a set choreography. This year, I just took the music and I was like, guys, I want us to do something. And I listened to the music about uh, four weeks before and I just nonstop. And I had a picture of what I wanted to, to, to do, but I didn't know the dances I had. So I had to say, okay, what is possible? Because I want to have a good light. So it was me figuring out which steps look great with them. So we, at the end, did something together. It was really, really nice. And, um, and to just be a part of that creativity, you stay awake. I was like, you feel alive, you know, like, mm. yeah, mm -hmm. in the dance hall for weeks and weeks and days. Love it. Do you think, um, you know what you were saying about, um, about, about just, being, just being you and being present and not trying to fit in? Do you think that now, yeah. as, as you've got older and you sort of like start to realize that, do you think that that's what's gone into why you've been so successful now as a, uh, as, as a judge? Because like, I, f I felt when you became a judge on Strictly, um, so like when, when we all get our phone calls and everything from, you know, the exec producer, Sarah, and, 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 and I remember I didn't even know that conversations were happening with you. I, I, you know, you, you see in the newspapers, the normal names, and whatever, Who, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then it got announced that it was you. And, and uh, I think on the same day I spoke to, um, to Sarah and, and she said, uh, she said, Oh, what do you think of our new uh, judge announcement? And I was like, Oh my God. So like Motsi is, amazing like I've known her for years it's gonna it's gonna be great and and we're all waiting like on, on week one you know what's what sort of a judge is she gonna be and what's she gonna be like and you know and, and all of that and and you just from the moment it started it's like you became everyone's favorite judge it was just it's like you've been doing it for years Motsi's your favorite oh hi to the beautiful one hey you're my favorite judge. I would have loved to have danced for you. Your energy. Well done, sis. You're fucking brilliant. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. You see, you make me shy. <laughs> no, you know what? I would, I would put it this way. Um, I think it's always difficult to try to pretend to be somebody else. I think the most, uh, the best thing I can do is be authentic um, and be myself. And that's what I try to do all of the time so that I don't have to 
like switch into something and say, oh, remember this. I just try to be with, be myself and be very present and be at the at that moment. What happens though is though, what happens though is that um, we all have this as human beings. I think you want people to like you. I think we all we all have that and. Being a, a kind of a person in the public eye here in Germany and being now in UK is like you have to be careful to kind of not be addicted to people saying you're great. You understand what I mean? Mm, Because yeah. that switch can turn so quickly. You make one mistake and people just hate you at the same time. So I think uh, for me, what's really important is that to obviously take in the positivity, but try to have a, a healthy distance from everything. Mm. Otherwise, um, you become too addicted to the likes, to this and that. And then you start doing things that are not you. And yeah. that's what I never, I never want to be. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm extremely sensitive, which doesn't help if you're working in TV and you know the internet trolls and all of that. And my husband always like, okay, don't read the comments and don't do this. I I, I try not to, and I've learned to toughen a bit up. But you have your ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So everything that happened to UK was so overwhelming for me because um, there was, it was so positive and I, I couldn't hide. <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere. I'm just like, oh my God, it puts pressure on you even more, you know, because you're like, okay, oh my God, how am I going to do that? But at the same time, um, I just remember I've been doing this for such a long time. And as soon as I start and I just, I myself and have fun with it, then that's okay. And when I feel like it's not that anymore, then maybe it's, uh, then I should let go. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now, but you, you were so good. And, and, and I think that's the biggest compliment is that you were so yourself. Like, because, because like you say, it's easy to try and like put on a performance of what you think everyone wants or what, yeah. what you think everyone is going to like and you're pandering towards that and then you'll read a comment oh oh I don't like the way the way she said this so you don't say that anymore yeah. or I wish she was a bit more of this and then you do that and you start pandering and, and I think you were just so yourself and so but uh, brought such an energy to the panel as well and, and such a sort of enthusiasm um but um, mixed with obviously a massive amount of knowledge like you've been doing it for years and and um Yeah, you're, you're just, you're so good at it. I'm really looking forward to watching the new series, Straight, you're like watching it as a fan. Like, oh, no, man, you must come back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what restrictions I'm, How do you do it, though? Like, how do you do it? Give me, if this is our last conversation, give me the advice of how do you do it? Like, um, you were competing and you stopped competing. You let go quite early. And, I mean, obviously... I think you would have been successful because you were anyway one of the top English dancers so and in the world and then you do strictly you're so successful everybody loves you how do you stop at that moment when everybody loves you so much how, how do you venture into your next your next role or your next what is your next how do you do it I think for me it's just a case of um I, I like doing different things and, and I, I, I don't want to get stuck in, in a moment where I'm just doing the same thing for the sake of it, just because mm -hmm. it's, you know, perceived to be successful, for, for example. Mm -hmm. like, 
when I was having the conversations with with Strictly about you know when, when's the right time for me to make you know make this decision I am I am thinking about it this year but maybe not maybe in another year or two I don't know like we're having a, a sort of constant conversation and, and and I was just like I feel at the moment like and maybe it'll change I, I, I don't know but like the conversations I was having I was saying I feel that right now I've sort of done pretty much everything there is to do on the show and I don't mean just in terms of successes but I mean in terms of different types of partners you know different sort of journeys that you can have on the show I've, I've been doing it for seven years and, and I've been saying for you know I think it's important to realize what you definitely want to do um, as opposed mm -hmm. to just what you think you should do or what other people think you should do um, I, I had in my mind for the longest time like that I was going to be like Jason Gilkison that I was going to be mm -hmm. I was going to finish my dancing and then I was going to be choreographer extraordinaire and you know choreograph all this stuff and then and, and I realized after a while that I was just saying it like I'm going to be this choreographer and then I got a couple of choreography jobs on, on different things and I just hated it and, and I, I didn't want to be there and I was like oh yeah but you know you've got to force yourself and then I started thinking but why why am I forcing myself to do this if I don't yeah. like it? so yeah. like you know I, I, what I really wanted I realized was to I love sort of storytelling and performing in any way. So like I, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to do more sort of singing and acting and, and, and mm -hmm. that type of stuff. So I wanted to commit to that. Yeah. And then it just so happened that sort of a role that I've been after for a long time in Strictly Ballroom came along at the same time. So I thought, you know, I, I, I love Strictly Come Dancing. Like I'm, I'm, there's no part of me that has left because, you know, I had any issues or anything like that. It was just... I've, I've been offered this role. I've always wanted to do it. I can either do this dream thing I've always wanted to do, mm -hmm. or I can stay doing this because it's the big successful thing to do and people clap me, you know. Um, yeah, it's also an addiction, kind yeah. of, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put the light on. It's getting dark. Yeah. Um, no, it's also kind of addiction. I mean, we get, like, an, the amount of... The amount of... Um, attention we get this is what i always speaking to my sister about i mean obviously she's my sister you know her mm. uh, been on the show i think for five years as well yeah, yeah. and i'm always warning her and i'm saying listen uh, this attention should not define you you know mm. like i always say um having thousands of likes also as well or like this or, the, or, or that one is mm. not gonna pay your rent or make your future maybe does with all this influencer stuff mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we are dancers we are dancers yeah and and uh, obviously it's a different channel uh, that we the road we're going we could have gone to you know the international road here asia teach and that but now we've had another way of um, continuing to dance but at the end of the day when you look at us, we are dancers. So we kind of should be happy that we have something that we can def be defined with and then try to see what else is there for us to discover. Because yeah. for me, what I feel like some of the, the people go on, like we dancers go on these TV shows. We, we obviously talk about dancing. We're quite uh, good in talking about what we know. And then all of a sudden, everybody's a presenter, everybody's this, everybody's that, everybody wants that. And I'm like, there are people that learned to do that. There are people that are journalists. There are people that have studied to speak in front of the camera. There are people, 
why all of a sudden we've been doing rumba walks for 25 years and all of a sudden i'm not saying that dream is not, is is not possible i'm just saying let's kind of be realistic and if you look at our the people that are successful in these tv shows um at the end of the day they are on stage dancing even if you look at Derek or his sister mm. and they're successful in another level because uh, in USA everything is in another level but yeah. they are dancing yeah yeah for sure they are being good in dancing yeah. so improving the dancing invest in your dancing improve choreography improve improve how to express yourself improve how to speak from but just remember also that you have a skill that you have so you don't have to take your clothes off on social media to get attention <laughs> yeah you know what i mean that would lose me a lot of followers actually on social media if i ever did that <laughs> Um, oh, I, I always trick my husband. I always trick my husband. I'm always like, you know, when we're going somewhere swimming, and I'm like, babes, if I post this, we're gonna get twenty thousand likes. Should I? I always do that, and he always, he always, you know, he's Russian, so he's always, why would you do that? I'm just joke. Oh my god, how many, how many joke? How many times can I joke about this? Anyway, yeah, but you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, sp- speaking of Oti, the reigning champion, Oti, because um, um, loads of people, I asked on Twitter, like, have you got any questions uh, for Motsi? And quite a lot of people asked, what is it like judging your sister? Like, were you ever mm-hmm. tempted to just be like overly harsh on her? <laughs> like, I, listen, so I, I told Oti her very first steps that anything she knows about dancing in the beginning uh, she learned from me so mm-hmm. she's she's used to me kind of uh, uh, criticizing in a good way her um I'm, i'm more of a positive person even as a teacher obviously if i'm not happy i'll repeat it but i'm more of a positive person so uh because we did it in germany it was not very new for us in the uk Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, OT was a dancer in, in Germany. And at a certain type, you know, I think you should know it with your sister. At a certain time, you need to let go and let the people be their own. Mm. So um, OT needs to do her choreography on her own. She needs to grow in that department. And if I say, hey, that's not good, that's not that's not great she knows it i'm saying it from a good part luckily last year we were spoiled i mean how 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 awkward was that jamie breaks his legs calvin comes in the last minute things work out that was <laughs> destiny um yeah. so I, i i don't know how it is but um i know her type of mentality i know the way she works hard so and she knows i'm always honest so i wasn't worried about that at all at all because And I'm not judging Ochi, right? Even if people kind of, um, yeah, can come up that way. But I'm not. We're not judging you guys. You guys are brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I think she was more kind of concerned because she's she's built up so much in UK, you know, Ochi, and in Germany she was always uh, Mutsi's sister. Right. But now I'm Ochi's sister. But I, I don't, you know, in UK, people are like, oh, it's sister, or, or this or that. Uh, but I, the labels won't change, uh, you know. I, I, don't, 
I don't let the, those people define who I am. And and yes, I am autistic. <laughs> <Like, laughs> we have the same mom and the same dad. <laughs> um, so uh, some people have written in some questions. Yes. Um, so this one, Sophie Louise says, where, where does she get those gorgeous dresses that she wears on Strictly? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know, we do have stylists and stuff, but within the years I've learned to try. I, I should be better. I'm not that good at all, but I, I'm getting better to kind of put my personal um, feeling into how I look when I'm on the show. So you have a stylist, you have a choice of dresses, and then you kind of put your opinion on it. I'm growing. In the first years in Germany, they kind of used to tell me what to wear. And I'm like, but that that's not me. Mm. Uh, so now I'm I'm I like more casual stuff. I don't like tight, short things. I, I like to feel free. And for me it's it's very, very important to look in the mirror the first minute and say, okay, I'm good. I feel good. Let's go. After that I forget. I forget what I'm wearing. I forget how I look like I for, I forget because uh, I'm in the moment. It's just important, like the few minutes before. Mm -hmm. Hannah Olivia says, are there many differences between the UK version and the German version of Strictly? Yes, there are quite um, a lot of differences, but um, yeah, it's fun. Let me say, let me just keep, because I can talk a lot. I'll give you the summarized version. <laughs> so the thing is, the German, the German. Um, um, let's dance strictly they always it's more of a kind of modern way they're looking of ways to to obviously get the people more emotional and more kind of in a corner where we have unexpected uh, eruptions of emotion and uh, that's what people love so they we we have uh, crazy things. We have um, Disco Fox Marathon. We have uh, fusions, different types of fusions. We have um, uh, this judge's choice where we do their choreos. So they're, they're really under pressure. We have the impro uh, contest where they literally uh, choose a song, change their outfits, and have to be on the floor within 20 seconds and it's not uh, planned or anything. So we've got that stuff that's, that's going on. And uh, there's a lot of uh, banter also and talk between the judges because there's time kind of, they, they get, a, there's time to do that. The UK for me is more about tradition, which uh, it, I, it's lovely because you recognize the dances, the character of the dances clearly. So UK is, is feels more for me like this kind of family show and where there's a bit of do not touch because this is this is kind of holy. This is this is we mm. want to keep the good in this. Yeah. And uh, that's a good feeling. From the minute I go in, like the first, the very first day I came to UK, the very, when we did the launch show, I was exhausted because everybody is on 110% from eight o'clock until 10 o'clock in the evening. And I'm like, how are they doing this? Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just had to step to the side. I'm like, because I can do yay for a, a few 
hours, let's say, and that's it. (laughs) The whole day was new to me. So um, this whole feel-good feeling is just amazing in Strictly. And um, I'm I'm lucky to experience both. Mm, That's nice. Um, Madison says, one for both of you. Which professional dancer in the current lineup have you known the longest? Well, it's obvious for you, O.T. <laughs> Apart from O.T. Yeah, when she was bored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> besides O.T., besides O.T., it's uh, it's Neil. I, I say, think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did a lot. We were quite close with Neil because he had his partner uh, from Holland at Lorna at the time, Lorna van Dijk, and we did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of private stuff together. So we did spend a lot of time together. We were very good friends with Neil. Yeah. 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 I always thought Neil was such a talented dancer. Yeah. 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 So good. And so what, what does she prefer judging or competing? Uh, judging. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you always come back. You know, you always come back. Competing is like uh, good luck. <laughs> See you next week or not. <laughs> Just enjoy it. No pressure. And and two. This is from Catherine Vernon. Now that she's on the other side of the table and doing the scoring, what if anything would she have changed about how she competed? I suppose you kind of answered that when it was about just knowing yeah. yourself and like not trying to fit in. Yeah, and when I when I was doing the TV show, um, like dancing the TV show, I I I, I was more about show, but I, I shouldn't have taken it so seriously. But mm. we are competitors, so we do. Yeah. Sharon Watson says, "What's your most favorite, most favorite, and least favorite dance to perform or to teach?" Um, to perform least favorite dance is jive because really? I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why it's the last dance we get to dance because it's it's the the most physical. Yeah. So put it first and then put everything after. <laughs> hate it, jive. Hate it, jive. Um, then uh, I love dancing rumba. I could dance rumba every day, the whole day. Um, I love also cha cha. Uh, I love samba, so yeah. See, I see. I hate cha cha. <gasps> I always have. That's my least favorite. Is cha cha, and it's. It, I find it's the most difficult, especially on Strictly, because yeah. it's the most difficult to make entertaining. Like it always feels just like a generic Latin dance on Strictly. And, and people don't realize. People always like, oh, the first dance cha cha easy. No, it's not, not easy, easy to teach, and the people always jumping cha-cha-cha because of you know the quick steps and the 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 cue emotion is so difficult to have as a first dance yeah oh my god no yeah and i want to know how what what do you how did you you, that's a question from my twitter family (laughs) yeah you're turning the tables on me yes how did you how do you plan your choreography give us an insight of planning your choreography so for me you get you know from the dance team at Strictly they're they're a brilliant creative team and you sort of collaborate with them on a song Mm -hmm. and a concept and I like having that in place because like like I find that having those restrictions like creativity Mm -hmm. becomes easier like the worst thing for me is a completely blank sheet of paper and going right Mm -hmm. create something it's like oh create what I don't know suddenly don't know how to (laughs) 
Um, um, but if it's like, right, you're doing um, a jive to Happy from Pharrell and mm-hmm. you're going to be dressed as Minions from yes. the movie. It's like, that's a nice sort of restriction to be in place. I'm like, okay, so I know I've got a characteristic now of the dance. I know the direction it's going in. And then for me, like, I just, I have to listen to the song, like on a loop for hours, just keep listening and not even trying too much, just keep listening. And the more you listen to it, the more you start noticing little bits of the music, like, oh, I think there's a little, like someone, someone Mm -hmm. hit a little drum on that bit. Like, I'm just going to listen to that bit. And then I go, go for a walk, have a shower, (laughs) like procrastinate. Um, And then usually that like takes me sort of all day to get to that point. And then it's usually like in the evening, I'll start like say on, on Strictly choreographing the next dance for Strictly. It'll Mm -hmm. get to the evening and I'll go, um, right. What's the, what's the beginning? What's the end? And Mm -hmm. then where's that bit in the music where it sort of breaks down in the middle from maybe side by side bit or something going towards the camera or like a little extra bit in the middle. And once I've got those in place, like the building blocks in place, then I start to fill in, like, like sort of colour in the rest of it with steps, like just what goes here with the music. What is your relationship with the music? I'll tell you why I'm asking that question, because obviously I'm not dancing, physically dancing as much as I did before, but I listen to music and I'll be so moved. And, and then I ask myself, was my dancing really about the music or was it really about dancing? Because listening to music, mm. it just, oh my God, I, I, I can't explain it. I can't, it, like music can put me in such a state. Um, it's just a powerful force. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about music? Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, I think that there's some music that can just, it, it can even just be one like, note of a violin or something Mm -hmm. it just sends you into goosebumps like exactly exactly it's when you get that and when you when you experience that feeling it i suppose our job as dancers is to interpret that in that feeling into movement movement yeah and i just get goosebumps i feel like the inside of my body is just pressing my skin Mm. out and i'm just like music oh my god I, I said to my husband listen we have a little girl she has to play an instrument she has to be because I, I feel for the soul also music is so important as a person so I, like she doesn't have to be you know the next I don't know who but just to 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 have a relationship to music I think is healthy healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think so. I was always listening to um, just any music that made me really feel something like when I was a kid. And that's why I've been so obsessed with it. And like, as I get older, and I think that's why I'm so into like musical theater as well. Um, there's something about that kind of music that really gets to me, which is why I get excited when it gets to like musical week or whatever on on street. Nice. Loved it. Loved it. Whereas I struggle. I I was going to say, I struggle on strictly when, I'm given, say, like a pop song that I don't know very well, that doesn't really move me in any way. 
Um, <clears throat> but then I end up going, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, I think that's a popular song. People are like that. Da, 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 da. And then, uh, and then I end up choreographing and thinking, I should never have done that song. Cause like, I, I just don't know yeah. what to do with it because I'm not feeling anything. So, so then you just. Yeah. Yeah. And music is so essential. I just see it, I mean, with all the years that I've been judging and watching the show, what relationship do people have to the music and what relationship do you have to the music? Mm -hmm. Like I've seen myself feeling like a dance is better, is better than it is because of the music. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because um, sometimes you need to cut off, like you need to switch off being taken by the music and look what other people dancing you know what is left if you take it away because obviously the music within itself is already a bonus yeah like yeah. there's just songs where like people are gonna call no matter what what you kind of present with it yeah, yeah so yeah. um but if everything comes in together like the music and the choreo and the the authentic expression of somebody really feeling that music that's the one thing i think by strictly i would if 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 i would ever have to leave a footprint i i want people to come out of the box i feel like everybody is still a little bit closed mm. i want to feel like you've given on that floor your ultimate i want you to feel like i couldn't have done anything more and yeah. that people are still on reserve because we have the dance off. In Germany, there's no dance off. Mm -hmm. You better, better leave everything on that floor because mm -hmm. it's your last chance. So here you're like, okay, maybe I can save myself from the dance off, you know? I've got a theory on that. So, so, cause I agree with you. I, I think just like give, I want you to end up, I want you to be crying in a puddle yes. of your own sweat and blood by the end of this 90 seconds, you know, like give everything to it. <laughs> I said um, like to um, to Stace when I was dancing with her on, on the show. I always said to her like, "I'll take any technical mistake that you make because you're not going to be perfect. So I will take any technical mistake that you make if you can move me, yourself, the audience, and just my words, the character, like because my words, yeah, my words exactly because." Yeah. You we you could you, you know how much we practice. You yeah. know how much it takes to get a bloody rumble walks. And obviously, this is not this is not what people should be aiming for mm. because you'll never get that. So give me who you are. Give me a feeling. Leave me with something of you. Leave something of you on the dance floor. Yeah. That that that's moving. And yeah. if you see somebody that you think, oh my God, they'll never get it. And and it's not perfect, but you can see that they they absolutely gave everything. That That's goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Oh? But what I think that's happened... One, one thing, that's one thing I want to push everyone to do. Push. Amen to that. But, yeah. but what I think happens is... Um, they do their dance and they can, you know, they, they either entertain the audience and express things or not. And then they go to the judges. And I think what a lot of the pros and then therefore the celebs are fearful of is you're right. One is the dance off. And two, it's like the, the judges will have comments to say. And, you know, say if it's something like technical, the pros and celebs yeah. then worry that 
the audience are, are picking this up and going, oh, right, yeah, it wasn't good because the legs weren't straight or whatever. And then, you know, like, I think some of the pros get too bogged down in reading the comments on forums and social media. Too much. Too and, much. And, the, and most of the people that, like, say if you thought it was great, people tweet, oh, it was great. I love that dance. That was one of my favorites. But there's nothing sort of technical. There's nothing specific. It's just, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. If you don't like a dance, they start texting, yeah, the, there was no bounce. The legs weren't straight. The da, 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 da. And I think that the pros then, that gets into the pros' heads. And then they start, go, I saw it particularly when, because Shirley is, is very technical as a judge, for example. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. obviously Shirley really knows her stuff. And, and, you know, and she and she talks so sort of in depth and technical about things that yeah. I think the pros started to be worried about Shirley not liking the, te yeah. the technical side of it more than the other side. So they started to go safer in a way here and there. It's like this balance, yeah. Yeah. but not get slaughtered. You know, I, and the thing is about those comments is that the people are only commentators what they have learned on the show. They are not dancers. Yeah. Most, I mean, you could say 3% of the people that comment are dancers. The rest of people, the rest are people that have been watching Let's Dance or Strictly for years. In Germany, it's uh, 12 years. In UK, it's 17 years. So these are the people that have been educated by the judges, so they think they know, and everybody takes it so seriously. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I, I, I also had a few comments when I came into UK. Like, oh my God, they're throwing the technique book out of the, out of the window, and I'm just like, people, listen. <laughs> if I want to see technical dancing, I'm gonna go to Blackpool. I'm yeah. not gonna go to Strictly Come Dancing to see a, a rumba walk because I will not get it like in Blackpool. Mm. But I wanna see a rumba walk and think as a dancer that's been dancing that for 35 years, wow, that person just gave it all to get that rumba walk. So that's something uh, I think also as a dancer is important in my philosophy. Mm. Uh, it's never the technique is there to help you express yourself. The mm. technique is not there for you to show me how a rumba walks works. Mm. <laughs> and, and, Nobody and wants that. I think the irony is like Shirley, for example, talks a lot a lot of technique on the show and brings her sort of vast knowledge to the to the show. But I, she wants the same thing. She still wants yeah. to see a performance. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. I, I the worry is from the 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 pros or the celebs like oh my god what if what if Shirley says this it means it's bad it's like no no it's just her that's you know her job is <laughs> is to and, say and the thing about us human beings and dancers like is we get caught in the negative so mm. somebody would say it's great it's great it's great thank god we have bruno you know um <laughs> and um yeah but like the people kind of channel out they won't listen to, to, to the positive. They'll hear that one negative word. It's like, mm, uh, like with me on set today, I had um, about a thousand people, I'm doing a TV show in Germany, that read, hey, we like you. And I had about uh, 50 people that say, we can't stand you. And you watch the 50 people and not the thousand of comments that say you were great. So the dancers tend to do that. They, yeah. they, they listen. They're not even listening when positive judges are speaking. They're like, okay, waiting for that moment to hear that negative to kind yeah. of 
um, confirm themselves, oh, damn it, because they need it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. We didn't get that, that uh, you know, natural turn, but we got the whisk. That was great, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and we're all guilty of it as, as, as pros on the show. It's like, I, I know that there's been times where I've gone into the back after a show and it's like, we've got three tens and a nine from Craig. And I'm going, yeah. Craig didn't give us a 10. I can't believe yes. it. You just went and yes. got tens. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on. That's, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about, you know, that we have to kind of see that. What I really think it's funny with the shows, all of the shows and all of us, is that you can see that we're emotionally invested because at the beginning of the show, everybody's more on the light side of everything. But it gets intense. Even as a judge, I, I thought coming to UK would be easier because I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know the people because in Germany, I know uh, obviously after 11 years, most of the celebrities. So if somebody comes to the show, you know them. You've mm. been to some gala or you've done some, so you've spoken and to tell that person you were not great is always a little bit difficult for me because obviously you want to have a good feeling with every person. But um, coming to UK, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know the celebrities. So, you know, it won't it won't hurt as much for my sensitive side. But that's not a lie. After the first show, I, like, that's a lie. After the first show, I was like, oh, I like them and I like them. And I had to, and I, like, the dance off when I had to choose. It was a headache. Like, one show I was crying because I had to choose, I think, um, I don't, I don't remember who it was and I had to save someone and, and not save someone like you do in UK. And I was crying and I was like, why? So this, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm prepared. I'm a grown up girl. I, I, don't take it so emotional. <laughs> well, just before we finish, I, I wonder, with this year's Strictly, obviously there's going to be sort of um, restrictions in place in terms of audience and stuff. I, I wonder what effect that will have on the dances themselves like I wonder if it'll force I, I, whether it will force the couples into because there's no one there to sort of clap whether they'll, they'll go more down a technical route or whether it will take pressure off to impress and they'll just go all out and do whatever they want because they're less worried about mm-hmm. you know the, the studio audience and their reaction I'm, I'm it's going to be interesting don't you think to see like what effect it's going to have, if any. Yeah, well, uh, we did um, Let's Dance here with our audience. We did two oh, right. shows, three shows with an audience and the, the 10 last shows without an audience. And one thing I can say, the dancing was better because we were in quarantine, lockdown, they couldn't do anything, so they practiced more. So we had brilliant <laughs> dancers. <laughs> yeah, we had amazing, good quality dancing this year. Um, for us, the audience, meaning every other dancers inside and the judges, it lifted, obviously you have the reactions also from your colleagues and from the judges, which were even more important. Mm -hmm. So for me this year, it was not about just judging, it was like even during the dances to kind of give the people the type of feeling how it would be if the whole audience was was there. So uh, I think they kind of, got that from the judges and I said to the judges to my uh, colleagues 
we are friends and I said to them, guys, if we are real entertainers, then this is the year to prove it because now we have to fill in this, this, yeah. this emptiness with our personality, with the good times, with the laughing, with all of that. And then you, you are able to give the dancers the type of atmosphere they would obviously have had. But I have to say, we missed the audience. We really, because if you make a joke, it's funnier when other people laugh, you know, it's not funny if you laugh on your own. <laughs> You're like, ha, 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 oh, nobody there. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can't wait for it. I'm really looking forward to like after seven years, just watching it as a, as a fan. And I think we need it, you know, like with everything that's going on, I think people need Strictly back on their screens because it's just, you know, it's, it's I need incredible. you back on Strictly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how I feel when I watch the first episode and I'm crying in the corner. <laughs> come on, come on, Kel. I can't imagine Strictly without you. Well, oh, we'll, see. we'll see how it is. But Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like I say, you you were like you were in competition days when I used to know you back then. You're like you were so awesome, and like I used to love watching you dance. <laughs> and then now you're like you've become this superstar of a, a, oh, of wow. a in Germany <laughs> and in South Africa, and now in the UK. Like you're taking over the world. You're doing movies. You're meeting Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like you're just conquering everything, and. Um, and it sounds like you've got a great thing going on with your, your dance school as well, the way you're training all these kids. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier for you. You, you really deserve it. And um, yeah, I just want to say, keep keep doing what you're doing. And, and thank you so keep much. Keep dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And keep going. And I'm hoping to see you uh, on Strictly. But if not, I will definitely walk, come to your show next year. I really yeah. want to see it. Like I said, I, need, I enjoy watching you perform so much. And I, 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 I want to see it. So I'll make an effort. I'll come. I will come. Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love that. I will come. I really want to see it. I just, I love that you guys have that in UK. You've got that culture of people going to shows and theater and all of that. It's dead in, well, it's not dead in, in Germany, but it's it's not that alive, you know? And I was on Broadway uh, this year before the lockdown and I was watching a new interpretation of, um, how do you say, West Side Story. Oh, yeah. And I crying on i was literally crying they uh, as maria i just met a girl and mm -hmm. the tears were just flowing and i it, it it made me so happy to see people literally live live you know live on stage be that be fully there and i love that you guys have that opportunity in uk so i'm definitely coming and i think that's something you know kevin is kevin the conqueror so i think you're going to conquer that world as well so yeah it's a new challenge for you but i'm sure i'm sure i'm 100 percent sure we're going to hear more of you there i hope so i hope so i think so all right you keep pushing keep pushing <laughs> you 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 have a lot of courage i love that so see you soon and i'm gonna work out because strictly soon you know i need to fit in those dresses 
I love food. <laughs> 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 I need to work out. 